Hey, what up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Golf Perfection Podcast. I'm joined here with my normal host, which is Matt Souza. And today we have a guest today. Uh, this is Craig, and he is a teaching professional at another golf garage-like place named The Golf Spot. So, Craig, before we get into today's topic, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell, you, tell, tell everyone what you do and then where you do it at. Uh, my name is Craig White. I'm a golf instructor at a uh, business that a friend of mine owns. It's called the Golf Spot Bay Area, and it's uh, in Pleasant Hill. All right. Awesome. So for today's uh, specific topic, we're going to talk about gear. So everyone loves gear, and I thought I would ask these two teaching professionals, like, hey, you know, obviously the main question of, like, when to buy clubs, but then, you know, how do you recommend or do you recommend your students you know, to purchase something new if you see something that think is holding them back. So I guess the first question to both of you, whoever wants to take it first can do that. Are there any indicators when you're giving a lesson that you know there is equipment issue? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think it's from the way that you set up, if you have them in a position where you think they should be and the toe of the club is still straight up or the heel of the club is straight off the ground, um, then obviously there's going to be an issue. So it's going to it's going to affect the way the ball flies uh, to a certain degree. Sure. Um, but given that it is a beginner, it's not something that I'm necessarily concentrating on saying this is going to affect your golf swing long term. Are we going to need to change it? Yes. Is your body going to adjust one degree up or down? generally yes right um, but a lot of people come in and they you know either are saying well should I buy clubs should I should I get fit um, in my opinion I say I would say wait wait to get fit play with what you got let's build a base and then when you do get fit um, if you can buy something that's forged so that way if your golf swing changes dramatically mm. and those angles begin to change then we can bend those golf clubs got it so like you're you're saying like get a baseline, you know, with whatever you got. Don't let the equipment be the thing that holds you back from learning a good good swing, and then you can start tweaking it. So, Craig, what do you think about that? Like, is there anything that you see when you give lessons, like hmm, maybe equipment needs to be tweaked a little bit here, or do you have the same philosophy where it's like let's build that base first, and then we can talk gear? I do agree with Matt. I think it's you know more common to see that in kids and ladies, especially beginners, because. Um, you know, sometimes a lot of kids bring in their parents' sets that are way too tall for them. And <laughs> sure. sometimes the ladies do the same thing with clubs that are way too heavy. Uh, so there is sometimes situations where it is mandatory right away because they're going to develop bad habits with clubs that are totally unfit for them. Oh, okay. okay. Um, however, I do think that, you know, you obviously never want to buy equipment um, during the middle of a swing change. And you do want to have a foundation because, um, you know, sometimes there's not always a complete overhaul going, but there's definitely adjustments that are made and you should have a foundation first. Got it. So I guess another question kind of tailing off of that, is there anything specific? Because I think both studios, we use, or the golf garage uses TrackMan, the golf spot similar, right? We do have TrackMan. So anything that's like glaring when you look at numbers where you're like, hmm, okay, yeah, maybe this is some equipment based issue where you say like maybe like, you know, like a launch angle or something not high enough. Or is there anything like that that's obvious that people can look at in these numbers to say, maybe it's my equipment, I can blame it on my equipment? Or what's your take on that? I mean, I'm kind of old school. My, my philosophy has always kind of been it's the Indian, not the arrow. Sure. But um, yep. a lot of us think that way. <laughs> but um, I, like I said, I do agree with Matt. There has to be a foundation set. But, you know, for example, if you're playing a shaft that's way too heavy for you, you okay. know, it could obviously cause you to get you know a lot more dumped under the swing plane. 
and it could encourage your path to be a lot more into out than it would naturally be. Ah, okay. So yeah, that's so swing plane based upon weight. Yes, is something that's an indicator. Well, that center that center mass and that balance point of that golf club is going to want to drop more behind us with a heavier shaft. Correct. Got it. Okay, Matt. Anything numbers wise that stick out to you? Sometimes we're like hmm, maybe equipment needs to be looked at or adjusted. When it comes to to you know the the woods and the driver, I think absolutely because you're starting to look again at you know, the, the shaft weight you're looking at launching you're looking at spin rate, right? Cause that's what I'm looking for. Like when we're, when we're analyzing these data points, I'm looking at attack angles, spin rate, and launch angle. And if I can maximize those, then we can tack on some ball speed. We can tack on some carry and maximize that carry plus roll. Right. But if you're, if you come in here and you're playing an eight degree driver, which will generally set up a half degree open anyways, cause it's mm-hmm. lower then that ball is going to have a tendency to want to move to the right. Right. Where if you're having a begin, like anytime a beginner golfer comes in, they go, I got this eight degree driver. I'm okay. (laughs) Let's look at something, you know, let's, let's fix that to where you can swing bare minimum a nine and a half, preferably a 10 and a half. You know, um, I think that's going to be the better play long term. I remember back in the day playing like the ping eye, like just this thing came out and it was like seven and a half degrees. And I was like, I want that. And then I hit it for like three months and I hit it dead right. Right. And I'm like, well, what's happening? Well, it just, it didn't fit me, but I wanted it so bad that I bought it anyways. And people do that stuff all the time. They just want it so bad that they buy it. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with gears that we always get lashed on to the ideas like, okay, this can be the next thing that maybe can improve right? And like we've talked about on previous podcasts, like if you were to give me a putter and say, yeah, I can shave off two strokes around, you're going to want it, right? But that's the problem. Like Indian and not the arrow, that philosophy is like, I think that's the tried and true. Obviously, you should probably just practice in, in, in what you have. And I think, you know, the comments of building that base before tweaking is is the way to go. And, and one of my things with equipment too, and, and I'll ask Craig, like how many times have you seen somebody come in and they got this thousand dollar driver with this, you know, Velocor shaft with the SIM two head, right? <laughs> and then you look at their putter and it's $12, right? And I'm like, you use your putter 32 times around if you're good. And you hit that driver 14 times, the value that you're getting out of that driver versus your putter, that's where you need to start. Let's look at your putter and your wedges. Like irons, irons nowadays, they're great. Don't get me wrong. These new irons are great, but you can pull an iron from 15 years ago and it's still, it's still going to play the same, right? Well, it's the same thing. You've got, you got guys coming in and bless their heart. They want to play a blade. I'm, I'm a pretty mediocre, decent golfer, and I don't want to touch a blade, right? <laughs> sure. It just, why, why are we making it that difficult? Right, 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 exactly. So. Um, yeah, and one of a question that I got from, from like a person within my community was like, would you guys as teaching professionals, would you rather them like a mid-handicap already have fitted clubs and then start building off of those fitted clubs or like, you know, if they had the chance to get fitted before starting taking lessons from you, you think that's okay? Would that like hinder kind of like what you want to achieve as a coach or would you not like, does that matter to you in terms of? It does. I think it does depend upon their skill level, how long they've been playing, what they've done. You know, obviously Matt and I both know that happens all the time. They, They start getting lessons and they, told us they just got a brand new set of golf clubs Uh-oh. and then, and then you know they're num- once we make a swing adjustment um you know the numbers are totally different than what they did and they're like oh dang i just got these i got to send these pxgs back because now my spin's too high mm. um but you know i think you know matt's right you know with setting the foundation first got it okay so yeah matt you could probably echo the same sentiment probably should build on it 
and like I think that's the thing about getting lessons and sticking and really trusting your instructors, like the two of you, right? Because once you start getting into that system, then you can start advising on those changes and everything. It's it's I feel like it's pretty hard for people who keep bouncing between. I'm sure it drives you nuts that people bounce in between instructors, and then they come back to you and you're like jumpers yeah you you got a different set of jumpers. clubs yeah, you, i guess there's a name yeah. for them and then it probably drives you guys crazy it, it, it is what it is people want they, they i don't i don't blame anybody yeah, and you anybody. don't blame it's them. like yeah. you're doing the best you can to make an adjustment and sometimes we may not be a good fit maybe the way that i'm explaining it they don't get or they're just trying to look for that extra little thing hey and if it works for you and you can get better you know, do it right. Um, but I think getting back to some of the, the, the equipment stuff is you start looking at somebody, let's say they got fitted and they were, uh, they were, you know, two degrees up because they had this, you know, ax throwing move that comes straight out straight over the top. And that club's coming down too steep that if it's not tilted up, then, you know, it's, it's, it's going to, that toe's going to hit and they're going to, you know, the ball's going to go right. Right. Okay. So they have that adjusted and then they spend an hour with Craig or I, and now I've got them coming three degrees from the inside. And now that club is no longer that it's, it no longer fits that move. So that's how quickly it can change. But I think things like grip size, length of club, you know, uh, uh, shaft flex, all of that stuff is great. If you have all that stuff set from the beginning, I think you're a step ahead. And that's why I always say, like, look, you forge golf clubs are more expensive, right? But we can manipulate that head over and over and over and over and over again as you need to. Got it. Got it. Anything on that, Craig? Or, um, but I guess another question for the both of you is, like, when you do recommend uh, changes in equipment or anything, is there anything that you tend to focus on? Like, you mentioned the putter, right? Like, how come people are spending so much money on all these drivers chasing ball speed, but, like, when a putter is something you use all the time? So do either of you gravitate to any equipment changes with your students in terms of, you know, priority? Like, what do you prioritize, if anything? Uh, my, I'm a little bit old school. I want to go, again, I want to make sure that the, the, the wedges through their pitching wedge that they have that traditional four-degree gap. Oh, interesting. Great. Anything for you? Like, do you, or do you not dabble? Would you rather be hands off with equipment and then just focus on swing? Or do you do anything uh, with equipment wise on suggestions? I think it depends where they're at with the game. Okay. I think Fair it depends, um, you know, what type of player they are, what their goals are. Um, you know, if they're, they have, a, you know, three kids, two jobs, a lot going on, can practice once every two weeks. You know, um, I'm not a big fan of, you know, technology and closed club faces, like kind of like the old school Cobra drivers that, help slice the ball. You're not fixing um, the real root. You're not fixing yeah, yeah. the real problem. Um, but you know, if you're that type of student, then, you know, sure, we'll put a bandaid on it. I'll <laughs> drop your right foot back. I'll get you more hand depth and send you on your way. For sure. You know, sure. And, and we do, we see that a lot. And that's kind of like when you, when you're having that discussion with a, with a new um, client, right. That you're saying, okay, how much time are you going to put in? What is your goal and what are you going to do to get to that goal? I'm going to give you the information to get there. I'm going to give you all the support and all the knowledge that I, that I've built up over my 23 years of doing this. And I'm going to try to give that to you. Right. But if, if you say, Oh, okay. You know, my lesson's going to be, I'm going to take one now and I'm going to take one six months from now. I'm going to need to put a bandaid on what you've got. I see. Right. And so I'm that gonna, could be in the form of like, okay, I'm going to give you like the most, forgiving you know iron out there and most forgiving setup out there because i know like i'm only going to get to see you ever so often so i'm going to try to set you off put that band-aid on like you said and you know 
you're out there on your own. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we want to make it enjoyable. Sure. Like, right. You can't do like, you know, if it's going to take a minimum of four or five sessions to do maybe not like a full rebuild, but just like some tweaks on, on what their, you know, what their swing plane is, what their face angle is at impact. Right. That's going to make a huge difference. But some people, again, like that to say that I'm going to fix, you know, everything in an hour and send you on your way. Sometimes that doesn't, you know, that's not feasible. Right. Mm, sure. And then again, if, if, if I show you and I think some of the some of the struggles that I have um, that I see is they have it here and then they lose it there. Right. And getting them to be able to take it from here to there is a is a big deal. And that takes that takes practice. That takes comfortability. You know, I have people say, hey, should I take this out to the course? It depends. I want to say yes. But if you're playing your your weekend foursome with your boys who want to play you know 20 on the front 20 on the back 20 folk to, you know you just do whatever you can to get the ball to the hole yeah, yeah right yeah. i always suggest like go out it you know in the summertime you know six o'clock at night you know nobody's really behind you you can drop three or four balls you can kind of work through this process but it's all going to come down to how much dedication you are to getting better right mm -hmm. and it kind of comes down and in, in, in Craig you tell me if you have this as well when we're teaching you know I always say if, if we can't master half to half we can't handle full to full right I can't mm -hmm. take a full backswing to a full through swing and, and and expect that to be correct if I don't understand what it where I where I should be halfway back and halfway through so if I master that then I can start moving back okay for sure yeah um, I guess another thing that I wanted to bring up when it comes to gear, like, you know, every year something new comes out, all these manufacturers are releasing year over year and promising new things of either speed or, you know, MOI or forgiveness, like maybe Craig to you, like, you know, is there anything like since you've been in, you know, the golf industry, like this year, like does anything right now that's being released excite you in terms of what's coming out? Like, I know there's like stealth stuff, but. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Well, not not gonna lie, I want the stealth. <laughs> <laughs> My What's phone your take? blew up when the stealth came out. You know, okay. which one do I and when the Sim Max um, and the Sim Two came out? You know, which one do I get? Which one's for me? You know, because what people don't understand is, you know, there's not a version for a hacker versus you know a better player. You okay. know, you know, you might find a guy like a tour. Everyone thinks that the Max. Uh, with the weight more in the back of the head is all for hackers and that's not how it works mm, okay it's what's okay. what's best for you based off of your numbers and the way you swing the golf club um so I, I never really have an answer for them they all want an answer they want me to tell them over a text message which one they should get oh uh, so <laughs> even even though like you i'm not sure if you're ex you were excited about the stuff or not it sounds like a lot of your students were like oh man like great what should i do like should i get this yeah. you know kind of thing interesting, interesting i always say get fit i say don't ever do anything without getting fit got it okay Period. got it get got fit. it Okay. Um, yeah. Anything, Matt? So you were talking about the stealth. You oh, were excited I, you know, about that. So I, you know, what, what excited you about that? I'm a sucker for equipment sometimes. <laughs> I, I really am. I got, I, I had to have, you know, I, got, I was uh, lucky enough to have like a 30 minute conversation with one of the master fitters from, from TaylorMade. And, and by the time he got done explaining it to me, I was like, shut up and take my money. Like, <laughs> You're sold. Yeah. I was like, okay, can I get one? Um, you know, I really loved, you know, the sim, I think the sim two I had to adjust to, cause I think I hit the sim longer than I hit the sim two, but I, I just, I didn't originally like the sound of the sim two and then it, and then it just grew on me. Okay. 
that being said, so we're talking about clubs in the bag. I don't know. The golf world seems obsessed with the what's in the bag topic. So I was hoping to go through each of yours, if you don't mind. Uh, maybe Craig, starting with you. Maybe you go from you know your drivers to irons to wedges to putters. Like what? What are you currently gaming then in terms of yeah? What what's currently in your bag then? Uh, right now, I have, I have a set of uh, PXGO 311s. Okay. Uh, first generation. I've been around for a while. Loved them. Uh, lots changed in my golf swing since. I just recently got fit for um, All right. some 790s. Okay. Uh, my numbers were a lot different than when I originally got fit for those now. Um, I play TaylorMade Woods, Sim 2 Max, and a 14.5 3 Wood. Okay. And then I rock uh, Vokey Wedges, 52, 56, and a 60. Nice. Um, my new set, uh, my numbers changed, and I got... Uh, 48, uh, 50, or sorry, 50, 54, 58. Got it. And then flat stick? Um, right now I'm rocking a Phantom X uh, Scotty Cameron. Oh, so pretty well-rounded bag in terms of there's no, like, brand allegiance. You know, you're, like, you got a little from here, a little from Titleist, a little from PXG. I do. I've always done yeah. it that way. I'm a big tailor-made guy. Um, I like their equipment a lot. But, I mean, everyone makes great stuff now. Everyone has good stuff. Yeah, I, I really want to say that, I mean, PXG came out of left field, and they used to be that really top – expensive brand but then they like started flooding the market with all their other tiers of irons and they're really good with the military and first responder like pro they have really good discounts major discounts and the marketing as much as it probably gets to some people it's very effective people always talk about their marketing so and i do think they they do support lp some lpga players as well so i I think they're kind of cool um, I yeah. think it's hard to break through. Oh, and they absolutely. Did it, right? Yeah. I mean, you, how many other major brands out there over the last 15 years have really, really broken through? And, and they did it. They're, they're a household name now. Yeah. Right? Um, I don't have too much experience, but the last time Craig was here, I hit his, and I was like, I want these. <laughs> they were they were amazing. Right? I have been a tailor-made guy, and I, I don't change like irons too often i mean up until recently i last year i i, I got the the um tailor made 770s which i absolutely love uh before that i was still rocking the r7 tps right like oh. that that club i don't even know how many that's gotta be 15 years old right but it was just a good i just you just get to the point where you feel comfortable with something right you set it down you feel comfortable you know what you can accomplish with it but anyways back to what's in my bag um as far as driver i am playing the sim 2 um because i broke three of the sim heads and they wouldn't send me them anymore okay and not to say that i'm super fast i just i don't know i just cracked the bottoms um but then i've got the the velocore black um, and which is a great combination. I really love that combination. Uh, three wood. Um, I have the tailor-made sim three wood. We're currently on contract renegotiation, so it rarely comes out of the bag. I see. Uh, I did have a PXG three wood that I absolutely love that I got from Mikey Fortalaza. You know, Mikey. And then uh, I ended up giving it back to him. So, Mikey, if you're listening, I'd like it back. Um, <laughs> I, keep, I keep begging for it because it was just something I hit really well. And I had a bad day with one time and I gave it up and I regret it ever since. Uh, hybrid, I am playing the, it's the TaylorMade, like the Arrow, something like that. All I know is it's a great club. I hit it a mile. Uh, irons, again, um, TaylorMade P770s. Uh, wedges are Callaway. Um, the Mac Daddies? The, the Mac Daddies. Yep. And, and, and then I go, it's a 64, 60, 56, 52. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think you touched base on like the four degree. What was it like? Four, four degrees. Stan, Stanner's going to be a four degree guy. Okay, interesting. At, at least it was <laughs> way back when, right? Right, right. But still, like, I'm just thinking about like I was like, oh shoot, my bag is yeah. not that. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you come in and you have a 58 and a 56, yeah, that's, there's no that's there's no wrong. gap, like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some people will go like you know if you're going like a 53 to a 58. Or bending a 52 to a 53. Just whatever matches your yardages. I always want somebody to have that 95 to 100 club, right? For, for me, it's like 97 yards is my 64-degree wedge on the number. Mm-hmm. I'm a de-lofter of the golf ball, so I, I don't hit big, high bombs. I hit low, and I hope it spins and stops. Right? Got it, yeah. Um, but I, I do like the, the, the Callaway wedges. Got it. Okay. Great. Yeah. So thanks for sharing uh, kind of what's in your guys's bag. Um, you know, people, and that's like kind of the territory when it comes to golf is people love gear, like any industry that you think about where gear is integral to the hobby, you're going to get a bunch of gear heads, you know, they call it gear acquiring syndrome. They call it gas where people just love to buy stuff. Golf is no exception. Uh, and yeah, people just love to talk about. So that's why I appreciate getting your guys' insight, you know, from two teaching, you know, pros, like, you know, the ins and outs of what you guys think gear is supposed to do for the golfer and how far it can get, get you in the game. But at the end of the day, it sounds like, you know, you got to build that base. You, you got to put in the work, nothing. There's going to be no substitute for putting in the work. No shortcuts. Yep. No shortcuts. So, okay. So I think that wraps up this particular topic. Uh, we're going to have two more coming up. So yeah, stick around for that. I uh, hope you guys enjoy that one. Keep chasing. And we'll see you guys in the next one.